Unit 5 teachers sued their district over COVID mandates. Illinois continues investing in electric vehicle industry. More on these stories, I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about some really exciting state slash business news that we're all looking I guess I'm just looking forward to um, mainly but it means great things for Central Illinois so last week the Illinois General Assembly passed the reimagining electric vehicles in Illinois Act or the REV Act in hopes of further developing the state's EV industry. The package includes tax incentives to encourage businesses to invest in Illinois, and under the Act, EV producers and suppliers are eligible for a state income tax credit of 75% or 100% payroll taxes withheld from each new employee for up to 15 years. The greater percentage would apply if the company locates in an underserved area. The passage comes as Central Illinois economic development sees an all-time high and with the Bloomington Normal EDC reporting 100 projects within the last 10 months. That's up from 20 to 40 projects in a year, which typically includes businesses looking to expand or move into the area. The majority of those projects this year, CEO Patrick Coben told me this week, are in manufacturing and data or distribution centers. This is a huge story and we've obviously been following EV development in Illinois closely as Rivian continues to expand its massive facility in West Normal. If you want a further breakdown on what this act means for Central Illinois and more, you can find my and Brenda Moore's article at Panagraph.com. Jumping into local government news, Kelsey is going to tell us about the Children's Discovery Museum in Normal. The Normal Town Council took the first steps towards a new exhibits master plan for the Children's Discovery Museum this week, approving a contract with an attraction design company called JRA. Starting in January, JRA and museum staff will start working on the plan, drawing on input from community stakeholders, especially the children who use the museum. The exhibit's master plan will be used for a decade as a planning document to keep the museum relevant and up to standard, the museum's executive director, Beth Wisman, said. JRA's work is estimated costs $45,000 plus expenses that'll be under $5,000 as part of the 2021-22 Budgets General Fund. So for more details, be sure to find my story at panagraph.com. The Decatur City Council voted unanimously this week to authorize spending on the next phase of a plan to manage the Lake Decatur watershed. Council approved an amendment to the Professional Services Agreement with North Water Counseling, bringing the city's total investment in the firm to more than $950,000 since February of 2020. The purpose of this phase is to plan and implement a comprehensive strategy to improve water quality by preventing the buildup of nutrients and sediment in Lake Decatur, which is the primary source of drinking water for nearly 79,000 people and the main source for industrial consumers like ADM and Tate and Lyle. Last spring, the city revealed in a report that more than $1 million worth of sediment seeps into the lake every year. In order to protect the city's $92 million dredging investment, at least at least $20 million may be needed over the next six years. Rising costs are among city leaders' chief concerns, but the results they expect rank higher. This water issue has been years in the making, and this week Brendan Moore provided a lot of information in his city council coverage, so if you want to learn more about this issue and the city's efforts to resolve it, find that story at herald-review.com. Alrighty, let's kick it over to some health news. 
The death of 20-year-old Jason Aguilar, a track and field athlete at Eastern Illinois University, has prompted an uptick in calls to the campus counseling services to schedule appointments and to its emergency hotline, Mattoon JGTC reporter Athena Pager wrote this week. Jason was pronounced dead Saturday night at Sarah Bush Lincoln Health Center. Coles County Coroner Ed Schneier said Monday that the cause of his death is unknown and that an autopsy was scheduled for Wednesday morning. Jason, a sophomore, was in Andrews Hall at EIU when the incident leading to his death took place. EIU police said earlier this week. EIU and Charleston Police Departments are conducting the investigation. To read more and for more information about a GoFundMe fundraiser to help Jason's family pay for funeral expenses, visit jg-tc.com. There we will have future updates as the investigation unfolds. U.S. health officials this week gave the final sign-off to Pfizer's kid-sized COVID-19 vaccine, and local health care providers are now working on how they'll roll it out to their communities. The FDA had already authorized a shot for children ages 5 to 11, with doses that are just a third of the amount given to teens and adults. But since the CDC makes the recommendation for who should receive FDA-approved vaccines, the official word did not come out until this week, when, after consultation with an advisory panel with unanimous support, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky made the announcement. The Biden administration has been preparing and shipping millions of doses to states already, with federal coronavirus coordinator Jeff Zients saying the feds are not waiting on operations and logistics. In McLean County, health department officials, hospitals, and school districts are working together to plan vaccine clinics for children who are now eligible. To learn more about the rollout, be sure to check out Lindsay Jones's story at panagraph.com. Alrighty, now let's move into some education news. Some fun education news. Yay, playgrounds. Four Decatur Elementary schools will soon have new, more accessible playground equipment after a school board voted this week. The playground design manufacturer Game Time will install about $425,000 worth of new equipment at Muffley, South Shores, American Dreamer STEM Academy, and Hope Academy covered by COVID relief grant funds. The new playgrounds will include sensory wave seats, jazz combo seats, and accessible swings, though resurfacing material was not part of Game Time's bid, so that will be determined later. The equipment will be manufactured over the winter months before its installation in the spring. To read more on the new playgrounds in the works, check out Valerie Wells' story at herald-review.com. Six teachers from McLean County Unit 5 are suing their district over the mandate to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or be tested weekly. The case was filed last week in Woodford County Circuit Court on behalf of Unit 5 employees Rachel Henderson, Ashley DeFries, Tracy Quattro, Laura Feely, Stacey Heron, and Lisa Jones. But on Thursday, a docket entry indicated the case would be moved to McLean County because the district's principal operation is in McLean County, despite its boundaries crossing over the county line. This suit seeks a temporary injunction against, against Unit 5 coronavirus mandates. In September, the district and its teachers union, the Unit 5 Education Association agreed to a letter of understanding which required teachers to either be vaccinated or be tested weekly, as required by an executive order under J.B. Pritzker. The letter of understanding, which was not taken to a union vote, lays out a three-step process in the case of teachers not complying with the mandate. Unit 5 attorney Kurt Richardson said the district had acted in accordance with the letter of understanding and in compliance with the executive order. Panagraph reporters Cade Heather and Connor Wood continue to follow this developing story, so to catch up with the latest, be sure to find their reporting at panagraph.com. 
Prospective students applying to any of Illinois' 12 public universities can now use the Common Application, according to a news release from Governor J.P. Pritzker this week. That includes Illinois State University in the Panagraph area and Eastern Illinois University in the Journal-Gazette Times-Courier area. The Common App allows students to apply to multiple schools with a single application, though some schools may require additional materials as well. The only Illinois public university still not on the Common App system is Northeastern Illinois University, which plans to join later this fall. For full details on this announcement, find Connor Wood's report at each of our three websites, panagraph.com, jj-tc.com, and herald-review.com. Kelsey's going to take us into sports now, starting with Illinois Wesleyan women's basketball. An exhibition matchup left Illinois Wesleyan's women's basketball team falling to Eastern Illinois with a final score of 83-54. Titans coach Mia Smith said she was proud of the team's gritty and scrappy play in the first three quarters, but by the start of the fourth, the team was down by 13 points, and then the, went, and then the Panthers went on a run. Regular season play begins November 12th for IWU when the women travel to Wittenberg. For more on the exhibition game and to find full women's hoops coverage as the season begins, read Randy Reinhardt's reporting at panagraph.com. Also coming out of uh, college hoops news, Kofi Cookburn, the star center from University of Illinois, is going to be suspended for three games after he broke NIL rules coming out of uh, the state legislature last fall. Um, He sold some Illini gear when he had intended to go into the draft last year, um, but it was right before the state laws changed about college athletes and their NIL laws. So he's been, he's uh, not going to play for the first three games of this season. Um, I believe James Boyd has that story at herald-review.com. And with basketball on the horizon, that means fall sports are wrapping up with high school football playoffs, state cross country, and other big competitions coming up this weekend. Our sports staffs are certainly staying busy, so if you want to catch the latest on your favorite team, be sure to head over to panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to read that game coverage and watch some of the videos they've been shooting at just about every competition this fall. A lot of good stuff. Okay, so let's move into some public safety and courts news. Sierra, what's up in McLean County Courts this week? 45-year-old Larry Nell of Normal was sentenced Tuesday to 50 years in prison for fatally stabbing a man in April. Nell pleaded guilty to first-degree murder three months ago and the death of 59-year-old Dale Bauman of Normal. An autopsy revealed at least 72 stab wounds were found on Bauman's head, neck, chest, arms, back, and upper abdomen. According to McLean County prosecutors, Nell met Bauman at a Bloomington bar the night of April 8th. Bauman had won $500 on a video gambling machine, and Nell told him he would rob him later that night. Bauman was later found lying in the street with multiple stab wounds and without that $500. Before Judge William Yoder issued the 50-year sentence, Nell's attorney, Joseph Moran, asked for a 25-year imprisonment, later calling the 50 years a death sentence for his 45-year-old client. Cade Heather was in the McLean County Law and Justice Center this week, so if you want to read more on the case, be sure to find his report at pantograph.com. A spray of gunfire interrupted a Decatur house party last weekend, leaving four people hurt. Decatur police said officers were called to the area of Leafland and Union just after 3.30 a.m. Saturday for numerous recalls, numerous calls reporting gunshots. 
A 29-year-old man was found unresponsive with multiple gunshot wounds, and he was taken to a local hospital in critical condition. Three others suffered gunshot injuries, including a 32-year-old man, a 38-year-old woman, and a 35-year-old woman. They arrived at local hospitals while officers were on scene, and their injuries were not considered life-threatening. Decatur Police told the Herald Review very few witnesses had come forward immediately following the shooting, and the investigation is ongoing. For the full story, be sure to check out the report at herald-review.com. And just real quick before we uh, close out this section of the pod, uh, there will be a March in Bloomington Normal Friday as we're recording this on Thursday. Um, just to give you guys a heads up, that is happening on Friday. You can find my story and Kelsey's sidebar piece about the FBI and whether or not they will get involved in the investigation of Jelani Day's death and disappearance. Uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson will be leading the march, which will start at the Bloomington Police Department and at the Illinois State University campus. Uh, the Reverend also spoke with the Panagraph editorial board this week. We will have an editorial on the meeting coming out as well. So be sure to check in with us at panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and gg-tc.com to, look, to follow the case and uh, from future updates. We move into some community news now. Don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. And I don't care a lot. You don't care about the presents I don't ca- the I don't tree. care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. Truly forgot the words as you were singing. <laughs> um, it is that time of the year. Uh, Mariah Carey. Debatable. Mm-hmm. It's, Macri- it's Mar- Mariah Carey season. Uh, the reason for the season, Mariah Carey's. Oh, I don't want a lot for... Um, no, that's not the name of the song. It's pure blasphemy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, um, <laughs> Halloween was this weekend, or last weekend. Um, and now it is November. And I don't know how it got to be November so quickly. But here we are. 11 months in, 10 months in, technically, two days, three days, four days. Today's the fourth into November. Um, at least October was fun, though. Uh, we had a, a costume party at my house this past weekend, and it was a lot of fun. We got together. I dressed up. Everyone dressed up. I enforced the dressing up rule. I was really annoyed if anyone did not come in in costume, so it was required. <laughs> But we just had a really great fall. Um, sad to see October leave. It's my favorite time of the year. As far as like actual like stories we did related to fall, uh, Connor and I did a story about trick or treating, um, like leading up to Halloween and how we, parents and kids were like, it might be a little different this year because last year they had like um, people were a little more concerned about COVID and they were like candy shoots and so now this year they're hoping to like actually get to go up to people's doors again and have like a normal Halloween. So it was exciting. And then our weekend reporter, since Halloween was on a Sunday, he he had a Halloween story as well. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, Halloween's great. I dressed up as Arthur, as in the aardvark, as in the fourth grade PBS character. It was fantastic. You look really cute, too. I also want to say happy Halloween. Oh, go ahead. Uh, also, this week has been Diwali. So happy Diwali to all those who celebrate. And, um, Yay Festival of Lights. Oh, getting all the holidays i was just gonna say i don't believe it's Mary, uh, mariah Car- carey <laughs> i don't believe it's mariah carey season until after thanksgiving 
Well, I mean, obviously, but that's just not how the retail season goes. So I'm just saying, prepare yourself because I'm already hearing it. I can already hear it. <laughs> I haven't even been to the stores yet, and I can already hear it. And I know that Target and Walmart are going to just be in Christmas mode. They, the, they've like already been in Christmas. They're mode. already. I've already Christmas seen Christmas mode. like in October. I saw Christmas and. It just happens earlier and earlier. We don't care about the month of November anymore. Rude. (laughs) Which, I mean, I love Thanksgiving because um, I have a lot of really great family traditions around it. Like, I think I talked about this last year, but we always had, we used to have, we do not have it anymore, sad, um, like a Friendsgiving type thing where we would have like a pizza party the day before Thanksgiving and all my parents and my friends and family members would come and we'd have a bunch of pizza and I would be the delivery driver because um I was 16 and they could send me places so they would take they would send me off to like the hospital and uh the fire department and all that to deliver pizza homemade pizza that my mother made from scratch dough and sauce and everything but you don't do that anymore we don't do that anymore (laughs) it's just sad um it got to be too much for my parents i guess fair that's totally fair um i love how uh, sorry i love thanksgiving um i feel like for the last couple years we haven't done like a well last year uh i was in quarantine because i had just been tested for covid i didn't i didn't get it and i was fine but we were just being extra precautious so we stayed home and like i made a full feast of a thanksgiving for two people it was silly but delicious and i might do the same again <laughs> we always um there's the turkey trot that happens in my hometown and so like my fam my mom and dad and i get up at like 6 a.m and make bloody marys and go sit outside <laughs> and heckle the runners because they run directly past my house it was like the only time like any of the 5ks run by my house it always like my parents would get so excited and my dad would get out his turkey calls and he would just do turkey call and calls at the runners yeah it was a fun time well this really took like a turn we were supposed to talk about the stories i guess we did but i really got us off track by singing mariah carey which um it's to be determined if i keep that in this podcast uh, i sing a lot on this podcast like more than anyone else does easily <laughs> So, so I think, that's gonna do yeah, it for us, yeah, folks. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us. As always, <laughs> if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to panograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look up subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism. Also, stream November Blue by the Avett Brothers because it's November, and that's one of my favorite songs. It's Michael Bublé season two. <laughs>